Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today, we're going to continue Luke 13, and today we're going to, uh, I'm calling this, What Does It Mean to Repent? Because in the last podcast, we're, 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 we started with Luke 13, and where the, the Tower of Siloam fell on uh, 18 people that Jesus used as an example to the crowd when he had gotten the, the bad news of the people who had come to the temple to make sacrifices, and Pilate had them killed, had them murdered. And so he uses these two examples of, uh, of these tragedies. And he says, look, it's not because of their sin. That's not why they died. And he said, your, your focus is on, in the wrong place. You need to focus on this. He says, unless you repent, you too will perish. Unless you repent of your sins and turn to God, you're going to end up just like these, these people. And so if, if, repentance is so crucial to salvation if repentance is so crucial for us to to be in right standing with god and 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 to go to heaven and spend eternity with god into heaven then we better know exactly what it means to repent and so i want to start off today's podcast by talking about repentance and what does it mean to repent well in Acts chapter 2, when the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, the crowd thinks that they're drunk and, and, and they're speaking with tongues. And the, the, the people have come for the Feast of Pentecost. These Jews have come from all over the known world at that time to offer their first fruits to God. And they have never seen anything like this before. And, and, and Peter stands up and he begins to preach to the people as this was going on. And they're hearing this news about Jesus in their own languages and there's all kinds of people represented there that have moved away from Jerusalem and learned these new languages but yet they can understand what these apostles were speaking when they were speaking in tongues and they were hearing this message of the kingdom of God and the, and the message about Jesus and how they have crucified Jesus in their own language so that they can understand and so uh, Peter says this was prophesied by the prophet Joel and how <clears throat> you're guilty of crucifying the very Messiah that you've been looking for for a very long time. And, and, and he says God has raised him back up from the dead and he is sitting at the right hand of God, which is a place of authority. And he has sent us the Holy Spirit just like he promised. And, and so after hearing Peter's message, uh, some of the people uh, in in the crowd, they heard the message, they received the message, and they, they the Bible says they were pierced in their heart. And this is what it says, uh, beginning around verse 37. And when they heard this, this message from Peter, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what, what are we to do? And Peter said to them this, Repent. That's the first thing out of Peter's mouth. Well, what do we got to do to make this right? What do we got to do to be saved? Is what some versions read. And the first thing out of Peter's mouth is repent. Repent and each of you be baptized in water. Talking about 
fully immersed in water. That's what that means to be baptized here. Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Now you have to remember, he's talking to Jews. The, the gospel was preached to the Jews only for a, a quite, a, quite a long time, quite a, a long period. And the, these are people who have heard about Jesus. They know that Jesus was just recently crucified uh, about a month or so ago when, when, when this was happening. Because after Jesus was resurrected, he hung around for about 40 days. And then he ascended back to the Father. And about 10 days later, the Holy Spirit falls on the apostles. So it's been about 50 days then uh, since Jesus has been crucified. And the word on the streets... And even when Jesus was alive was that Jesus was a blasphemer. Jesus was a product of an adulterous relationship. And they wouldn't even speak the name of Jesus because they thought they were speaking blasphemy, right? And so Peter, when they said, what do we have to do to make this right? What do we got to do to be saved? Peter says, repent each, and that's the main repent. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So in other words, he's saying you're going to have to accept what Jesus has done. You're not speaking blasphemy. He was, he was God's very own son. It was, he was God in the flesh. You're not speaking blasphemy. And you're going to have to be baptized in his name. You're going to have to accept Jesus for who he really is. Because who he said he was, that's who he really is is he was the son of god and so peter says repent each of you be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit for the promises for you and your children all that are far away and as many as the lord god will call to himself and with many other words he solemnly testified and kept urging them saying be saved from this perverse generation so then those who had received his word, see there, there were thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people there for the Feast of Pentecost that heard Peter's message. But about 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Uh, it was about 3,000 that gladly received his word and were baptized. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Let me give you another example. When John the baptizer was out in the wilderness preaching that the kingdom of God has come, remember, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, right? The kingdom of God is it's here and I'm the forerunner. I'm paving the way for, for Jesus. That was John's message. He's out there in the Jordan River. He's dressed in his camel's hair looking all scraggly and he's eating locusts and wild honey and he's preaching about the kingdom of God, right? And in, in, in Matthew 3, 1 through 3, Matthew writes, Now in those days John the baptizer came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent! There's his message. His, the, the very first words of his message, John the baptizer, his first words were, Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by Isaiah the prophet when he said, The voice of one calling out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. So John the baptizer's message was a message of repentance. Jesus' message was 
repent. The apostles' message after Jesus ascended back to the Father and was sitting in his right hand and sat down the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit empowered them and gave them the boldness to go out and preach the kingdom of God. The apostles' message was repent. If we want to go to heaven and spend eternity with God, then we have to repent to do so. So we better know exactly what it means to repent. And so what I did, and you can do this uh, as well, but I repent. I, I typed out, got on Google, typed out, said, what does it mean to repent? And the first thing that comes up on my, my Google search was an article in the Jackson Sun, which is a newspaper uh, that that you can get in my hometown in West Tennessee. It comes out of Jackson, Tennessee. And uh, there was an article in the Jackson Sun. And so I chose this article because, not because of who wrote the article, but because it was from uh, a newspaper in my hometown. And it, this article is uh, written from a guy who, uh, his name is uh, Dr. Ryan Frazier. And uh, he is an assistant professor of counseling at Freed Hardeman University, which is another thing that caught my eye because Freed Hardeman University is actually the Bible college that I went to and received my uh, BA in Bible uh, way back in 2002. And the title of his article, and I guess this is why Google chose this for me, is exactly what I typed in. What does it mean to repent? So I'm just going to read what, what uh, Dr. Ryan Fraser. Uh, wrote in that article in the Jackson Sun. And if I don't forget, I will put this in the show notes so that you would have uh, this article if you want to research it for yourself. He says, A young man once received a parrot as a gift. The parrot had a bad attitude and a profane mouth. It was just plain rude. It was vulgar and obnoxious. The new owner tried everything he could think of to improve the bird's attitude and behavior. He resorted to using nothing but polite words, playing soothing music and several other tactics, all to no avail. Finally, he lost his temper and he yelled at the parrot. And immediately the parrot screamed back. And so this infuriated the young man. And so he grabbed the parrot and he shook it. And doing so resulted in the bird really getting its feathers in a ruffle so that it reacted even more rudely than before. In utter frustration, the young man stuck the parrot in a freezer, and for a few minutes it squawked, it scratched, and it screeched. Then all of a sudden there was complete silence, not even a peep. Afraid that he had hurt the bird, or worse, maybe killed the bird, the owner quickly opens the freezer door, and the parrot calmly stepped out onto the young man's arm and said, It seems that I have offended you with my distasteful language and behavior. I'm sincerely remorseful in my rudeness and uh, for my rudeness and vulgarity, and I fully intend to change my inexcusable ways from this day forward. And the owner was so dumbfounded at the sudden shift in the bird's attitude, just as he was about to ask the bird why the change, the bird continued to speak. May I be so forthright as to ask what the turkey did? And he says, today's column is about repentance. By, the, by way of definition, repentance includes sincere regret or remorse, contrition, penitence, regret, shame, and guilt. It implies a directional 
change. 180 degree course correction with regards to our relationship with God. Repentance begins with a sincere decision to turn from sin and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and its ongoing process. The New Testament word for repentance in the Greek is metanoia, literally means to change one's mind. This change of mind and heart results in a change of actions. Luke 3, 8-14, Acts 3, 19. In Acts 26, 20, Paul says he preached so that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. And, and, and when John the Baptist, or baptized, was out there preaching uh, about repentance, and the, and the Pharisees came, this is not an article, this is just me talking now, but when the Pharisees came, he, he says, you got to bring some fruit showing that you've repented from your sins, right? And so uh, he, he's given this example, going back to the article in Acts 26, 20, and Paul says that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. He expected transformation, he writes. There's a strong connection between repentance and salvation in the book of Acts. Chapter 2, verse 38. Chapter 3, 18 through 19. Chapter 11, verse 18. Chapter 17, verse 30. Chapter 20, verse 21. Chapter 26, verse 20. He says to repent, so far as it relates to salvation is concerned, is to change your mind about Jesus Christ, to accept Him and to surrender to His authority rather than reject Him as Lord and Savior. So repentance is much more than just saying, I'm sorry, which is what a lot of people think repentance means. It's a change of mind and heart that results in a clearer view of God, others, and ourselves. True repentance, he says, ought to be motivated by love for Christ and sincere desire to be in the right relationship with Him. As we, rep as we repent and rely on God's saving grace through faith, obedience to the gospel, we are cleansed from all sin. Thus, repentance is personal, powerful, perpetual and sometimes a painful process but it ultimately leads to forgiveness and real peace in luke 5 31 and 32 jesus states those who are well those who are well have no need of a, of a physician but those who are sick i have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance his message ought to give each of us spiritual hope he writes no matter our background or things that we have done in the past for which we are ashamed Repentance includes the following elements. Faith in our Heavenly Father in Jesus Christ. Godly sorrow for sin, 2 Corinthians 7.10. Confession, Proverbs 28.13 or 1 John 1, 8-9. Abandonment of sin, Romans 2, 4-5 or Romans 6, 1 and 2. Restitution, uh, and he gives examples of Zacchaeus in Luke 19.1-8. And righteous living, Matthew 3.8. It's not enough to simply try to resist evil or empty our lives of sin. We must fill our lives with righteousness and engage in actions that bring God's favor. And we must pray daily for the Lord to give us spiritual strength. Going back to that that parrot, you know, you think about that parrot. That parrot, that parrot was just constantly cussing and and giving this owner fits, and the, and the owner's getting uh, angry with the bird, and he, he shakes the bird, and does it just makes the bird even cuss even more, and so he puts the, the the parrot into the freezer, and what happens to the parrot when he's in the freezer? He sees a turkey, and and when he saw that turkey, that dead turkey that is in the, in the freezer frozen solid, ready to be cooked and eaten, he realized, oh, I better change my ways. 
I, I better straighten up my act. And so when the owner opens the freezer door, the bird says, uh, I, I, I understand that I have caused you a lot of trouble with my vulgarity. I'm going to change my ways. By the way, what happened to the turkey? And if we think about our lives on a daily basis and we go through a very busy day, we, we don't really think about eternity all the time, 24-7. It may come across our minds every now and then, but when we're working in our jobs on a daily basis or we're hanging out with our families or we're hanging out with our friends and we're out doing things and we're just busy on a, uh, doing daily tasks, we, we, sometimes we just let eternity slip away from our minds and, and we don't really think of the consequences of how we're living and what we're doing. And then when we start thinking about eternity, it really puts things, especially repentance, into perspective. Because repentance means that I, I want to turn away from sin and I want to turn toward God. I, I want to do what is pleasing to God. I want to be obedient to God. I don't want to do my own thing. I want to do what God wants me to do because I want to be pleasing to God. Why? Because I want to go to heaven. I want to spend eternity with God. When we come back from break, we're going to continue to talk about repentance because we really need to know exactly what repentance is if we want to go to heaven. We'll be right back. This is Bruce Stott, one of the elders at Partnership Christian Church, and I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to Grind It Podcast. Keep grinding. So repentance is so much more than saying, you know, I'm sorry. Repentance is a turning away. It is a, a, a change of mind. It's a, it's a change of attitude, if you will. It's, it's, it's a change of direction. When we're living for ourselves, we're living in sin, and we are totally walking away from God. We're, we're doing our own thing, we're doing what we want to do, and we could care less about what God wants in our lives, and we don't, we don't care what He has to say to us. But when repentance comes, we put our selfish desires away, and we choose, and that's a key word, we choose to do what God wants in our lives. Instead of pleasing ourselves, we want to please God. That's why repentance is a, a change of heart. It's a change of attitude. It's a change of direction. We have put our selfish desires to the side. And, and instead of pleasing self, we want to be pleasing to God. Why? Because we, we are thinking of uh, our lives with eternity in mind. Our goal is to get to heaven and, and to please God because, as Jesus said, he has our souls in his hand. He can, he can send us to hell or he can accept us into heaven. And so we want to be pleasing to God. And the only way that we can be pleasing to God is through the death of his son, the, the shed blood of Jesus Christ washing away our sins. We have to, like, just like uh, John, John the baptizer said, just like Jesus said, just like uh, the apostles said, we have to repent and, 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 and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and walk with God to be filled with His Holy Spirit. We're, we're putting away our selfish desires and, and we're taking on 
God and uh, uh, God's desires and, and what's pleasing to Him. And we're now, instead of living for ourselves, we are living for Him. And we are Instead of walking away from Him, we are walking toward Him. And the Bible says, draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Galatians 5, 24, Paul says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to His cross and crucified them there. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, right, by trusting in the Son of God who loved me, and He gave Himself for me. So, in other words, there is when when we repent, there is a death involved. We die to our selfish, sinful nature, and we're made a new creation in Christ. If you think back, uh, we just talked about this in uh, several podcasts ago in Luke chapter nine, verse twenty-three and through twenty-five. Jesus is talking to the crowd, and he says, "Look, if any of you want to be my follower." You must give up your own way, right? Your own selfish desires. You got to give those up. You have to take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you're going to save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but are your but are yourself lost or destroyed? So, in other words, if we want to come to Jesus, then we have to come to the cross. That is the when we say, I want to die to my selfish, sinful desires, and I want to take on God's uh, desires, and I want to be pleasing to God, the first place that we come to is the cross. And the cross is a nasty place. <clears throat> it is a painful place. It is a place of death. We have to die to ourselves. And Paul says uh, in one of his letters, that he, he talks about, he says, I die daily. What does he mean by that? He says, I'm putting away these selfish desires on a daily basis because if I don't, the, Satan's always going to come, and we'll talk more about this in a minute, but Satan is always going to come with temptation and try to discourage us from following God. And sometimes we give in to those temptations. Some, just because I've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and I've been filled with the Spirit does not mean that I don't sin. We still sin because that is our nature. We are sinners, and that's what makes God's grace and His mercy so amazing. Because while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we got our lives right, because we can't do it on our own. It takes the blood of Jesus. And so the cross then, when Jesus says, if you want to be my follower, you have to take up your cross. It's a place of death. And, and, but when we come to the cross, it's also a, a, a place of life. Because in three days, when Jesus was taken off that cross and placed in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, in three days, he rose again. And Paul explains this very well in Romans 6. And I want to read Romans 6. Paul says, well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, talking about the watery grave, right? Being immersed, fully immersed in water, we joined him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism when we were fully immersed in water. When we, for we die because we came to the cross. We died to ourselves, our selfish desires. We have died, and we were buried with Christ in bat by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead 
by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. There you go. When Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we can have the same uh, deal. Uh, because through Jesus, we too are raised in new lives. That's what Paul is saying here. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. That's the cross, right? That's what happens on the cross. If you want to be my followers, you want to be my disciples, take up your cross and follow me. Die to yourself. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified on the cross with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we die with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. And when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, because he's sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven, right? But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give into sinful desires. Paul's saying they're going to come. Just don't give into them. They're still going to come. Even though we have gotten on the cross and we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we're, we're, we're carrying our cross and we're following Jesus, you know, it does not mean that sin and temptation is going to come. It's going to come. And, and Paul is saying it has no power over you because you have given your lives to Christ. You are dead to sin through the power of what Jesus has done on the cross and because of his resurrection. And God is going to give us life when our time of death on this earth comes. So don't let sin control the way you live, Paul says. Don't give in to the sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life in Christ, right? So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Well then, since God's grace has set us free from the law, does that mean we can go on sinning? Of course not, Paul writes. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Thank God, he says, once you were slaves of, once you were slaves of sin, but now you are wholeheartedly obey his teaching we have given you. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led even deeper to sin. Now you must give yourselves to slaves to righteous living so that you will be, become holy. And when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. And what was the result? You were now ashamed you are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. In other words, 
we have been crucified with Christ, we have taken up our cross, and we, we have died to self. And when we were buried in the watery grave, and we come up out of that watery grave, a new creation in Christ Jesus, and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we have turned from our selfish ways and we have turned to the desires of God and wanting to do His will and to please Him. That's what Paul is saying to the church at Rome in, in Romans chapter 6. But before moving on uh, away from repentance, I want to put it in simple terms just so that we are clear on what repentance is. Repentance is a turning away from sin. It's a turning away from our selfish desires and living for God. We will still have fleshly desires once we repent and turn to God. But because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we don't have to give in to those sinful desires. But if we do, we have an advocate with the Father. That's what the Bible says. And, and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. But it's all about an attitude. And our attitude is, I don't want to live a life of sin anymore. I want to live a life that is pleasing to God. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness by Satan, the Bible says that Satan left him for a season. And if you think about seasons, seasons come and go. They change. We're in winter right now. Spring is right around the corner. Seasons come. Seasons go. Seasons change. Which means that this may, when, when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness for forty days and forty uh, for forty days and forty nights, Jesus never sinned one time. That is the only time that is recorded. But when uh, uh, the Bible says that it was for a season, Satan came around and tried to tempt Jesus many more times, but Jesus never sinned, so he could be our sacrifice and pay the penalty for our sins. In First Corinthians ten thirteen. Paul writes that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. You know, nothing's changed from since Adam and Eve. The devil uses three tactics to try to get us to sin against God, and nothing has changed. So no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. And 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 the way that we can endure it, the, the way that we can escape it, is to say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to sin against God. I, I, I choose to live for God. Devil, I don't have uh, your temptation. Your sin has no control. It has no power over me whatsoever. I choose to be pleasing to God. I'm saying no to sin. You do not have power over me. I have been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, I'm saying no, and I'm saying yes to God. That is repentance. That is living for God. And if we would think about eternity more often, if we would think about being pleasing to God, on, and that's why Paul said, I die daily. It's, it's a daily thing. We, Paul talks about in Romans about how we put on the uh, uh we put on Christ, just like we put on our, our, our clothes, our shirts, our, 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 our pants, and our, our shoes. and it, It's just like we clothe ourselves with Christ. And we constantly need to be reminding ourselves of who, who we belong to because we're paid with a price, right? Jesus paid the price for us on the cross. So we, we need to constantly remind ourselves who we belong to, and we need to constantly remind ourselves about eternity and where we want to spend eternity. And when we are thinking about 
pleasing God, then every decision that we make every day on a daily basis will be focused around what would be pleasing to God. If I choose this, if I choose this decision, is this going to be pleasing to God or is this is this going to bring honor to God or is this going to bring dishonor to God? Is this going to bring me into sin? Is this going to be tempting uh, me in, in ways that is not pleasing to God or is it bringing honor and glory to God? If we think like that on a daily basis, you know, it's, it's so simple. But several years ago, they came out with the WWJD bracelets and, 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 and necklaces and shirts, and it was everywhere. WWJD. What would Jesus do? That is so simple, but yet it is so profound. And if we would live and make decisions on a daily basis according to, to that question, what would Jesus do? You know what? We're going to be pleasing to God on a daily basis, and we will know exactly where we're going to spend eternity. In fact, John writes in, in uh, one of his letters, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, he says that we can know that we are saved. We do not have to doubt our salvation. It's not a hope-so salvation. It is a no-so salvation. And we know that we have uh, crucified ourselves on the cross we have decided to pick up the cross and to follow jesus we've been immersed in water and we've been in in, in that immersion that watery grave and we come out a new creation in christ and we've been filled with the holy spirit and we are striving on a daily basis to live a life pleasing to god beloved you know that if you've made that decision you know that if you are, are striving to live for yourself or if you're striving to live to please god this is not a hope-so salvation. It is a no-so salvation. Jesus Christ died to wash our sins away and to set us free from sin and the penalty of sin. And repentance is a very important part. It was John the Baptizer's message. It was Jesus' message. It's the disciples' message. It is the Bible's message. If we want to be pleasing to God, then we must repent. We must have a change of attitude. We must have a change of heart. We must have a change of direction. And that direction is turning away from our selfish desires and turn toward pleasing God and doing His will. So my question for you as we end this podcast is what direction are you walking? Are you walking away from God or are you walking towards God? Are you pleasing yourself? And your fleshly desires, or are you denying yourself and pleasing God on a daily basis? What's your attitude? What's your heart? Where is it at? Is it in yourself or is it in God? If it's in yourself, I pray that today you would repent and turn away from those selfish desires and turn and start walking with God today to be washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, His dear Son, and be filled with His Holy Spirit if you need to, to, to know how to, to be saved, if you need to find some help finding somebody around you that can tell you how to be saved, contact me at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com and I will find somebody in your area that will help you and explain to you what the Bible says that you need to do to be saved and to start living a life that is pleasing to God. And if you are living a life that is pleasing to God and you're struggling and you need prayers and you need to be encouraged, don't give up. Keep grinding. And contact me at that same email, thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com. And let us know how we can pray for you to encourage you and to motivate you, to help you to keep grinding. That's what this podcast is all about, to help each other make it to heaven. Man, life is hard. 
And that's why we are grinding life with Jesus on the Grinded Podcast. God bless you. Thank you for listening today. And thank you for sharing this podcast with your friends and your family and your co-workers. God bless you. Have an awesome day and keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.